want to welcome you to another Sabbath at Church of God, Sabbath Keeping Ministries. We're so happy that you are here, uh, that you're with us. You've decided to take your Sabbath and, and join us today. Before I start, I want to give greetings to our pastors, um, our ministers, guests, friends, family. I greet you in the unmasked name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I also want to give a special greeting to my wife, whom I love, past words can explain. Man, I want to take every single opportunity just to celebrate her, just because, you know, even husbands, you, you at home know how it is when you have two small children. Uh, it's not an easy task, but my wife has taken it on with so much grace and excellence. She's, she's a superhero to say the least, so I just want to greet her. Um, I want to say to my daughter, make sure you're behaving yourself. It's crazy how much my daughter resembles me and, and takes on uh, who I am. And, you know, I can imagine just myself being that young. So I just want to tell my kids I love them uh, and little Ezra, the two little kids. So I just want to greet my wife and thank her for the work that she does at home. And, and husbands, make sure you celebrate your wives. They do such a great work at home, and it's, it's, they're the backbone of a lot of things we do. We are in the year 2022. This is probably the first time a lot of you guys are seeing me uh, for this year. And, you know, I just want to give you greetings and say Happy New Year to you. I hope that this year is uh, full of everything that you're, you're praying for. But I think that this is what this sermon is going to be about today. I believe this is what this sermon is going to be about today for most of you. So before we go any further, I want you to go into Romans 7, verse 14 to 25. Romans 7, verse 14 to 25. For today's word, we're going to uh, be using the NIV. And the reason why we're going to be using the NIV is so that it's clear for everybody. Um, this conversation that the Apostle Paul has is a conversation that a lot of us are having. As this year has started, a lot of us are questioning things. We're, we're setting up New Year's resolutions. Um, we're struggling in our mind to, to plan for what's next or even think about what, what didn't happen uh, for the year prior. But let's, let's look at this conversation by the Apostle Paul, and I believe he was in Corinth, and he was writing to the church of Rome at this time. So we're going to read from Romans 7, verse 14 to 25. And this is the NLV, NIV, just so that everybody uh, can understand it. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do. What I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So if I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Oh, Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Lord God, as we embark on this journey in your word, we are looking for revelation. We're looking to figure out what in this word, in this sermon that you're looking to give us for each and every individual to take with them, Lord God. We know that there might be parts of the sermon that may offend. There may be parts of the sermon that, that, that may hit 
different parts of their being, but I beg and ask you that whatever comes out, Lord God, that it provides the right thing that may change a person's life and steer them closer to you. Lord God, if there's anything that is inside of me, Lord God, that will hinder the message that you want to be spoken, I beg and ask you to remove it right now. If there are some of those who are not able to tap into this session, this service right now, Lord God, I beg and ask you bring them in. Those who had no idea to, to come and listen, Lord God, I beg and ask you bring them in as well. But most importantly, let somebody hear this word and be changed. We thank you for what you've already done. We thank you about, for what you're about to do. We thank you, we love you, we appreciate you as we say thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of today's sermon is Destiny versus Desire. Destiny versus Desire. For this sermon, we're going to be speaking about two sides of the coin, and I, and I believe that this is a timely message due to the time we're in right now. Right now, people of, you know, all around the world, you know, we're in the third week of the year of 2022, and people all over the world have, has made, have made New Year's resolutions. They've selected in their heart that, you know what, I'm going to change this and I'm going to do this. Some people have already given up on those things. But some of us are even reflect on last year, and some of our New Year's resolutions from last year are the same as this year, but still no change. And a lot of people, because of those things, are doubting God and thinking, man, man God, like, like, you know, doubting if, if, if maybe this thing is for them or, or maybe God is not true to his word or, or just struggling with the idea of having something that they're called to, a purpose, maybe something that they're destined to, but they haven't achieved for some reason. And in comes destiny versus desire. Today, I, I, I'm submitting to you that it's, it's not God who has failed you. It's not the, the, the world not being fair. Today, I'm submitting that it, it is the decision that we are making on a constant basis. A lot of times when, when we, we look at the word, and I'm, I'm of the belief that God has already done everything that he needs to do to make sure that you're in the right position. That you're in the right position to... to come into your purpose, come into your calling, come into your destiny. But a lot of the things that we're struggling with lie on our actions on a daily basis. The decisions that we make on a daily basis. But unfortunately, we've constantly made the decision not to choose Christ. And, and we don't know it because it's, it's, it's the small things that we do on a daily basis that show us that we've not really selected God. We've kind of chosen him, but not fully committed so we're in this tug of war of what we're destined to, what we're called to, what we're purposed for, versus the truest desires of our heart. I'm going to give you some history, and this may be able to paint a picture for some of us. In 1936, King Edward VIII, was, he abdicated his throne. Abdicated for, for those who don't know is is he gave up power to his throne. And he gave up power to his throne for one named Miss Wallace Simpson of the United States of America. And I'm going to repeat that again. King Edward VIII in 1936 abdicated his throne. For, for those who don't know what abdicated means, he gave up and relinquished power of his throne so that he could marry a commoner, and a commoner is just somebody, who, just a regular anybody person, named Miss Wallace Simpson. So for me, it's one of the, the first thing that comes to my mind, how lovely does that woman have to be for a man to say that, you know what, he's going to give up power, that he's no longer going, he doesn't want the power of the king of England to be the king of England just so that he can marry this Miss Wallace Simpson. You know, he went on the radio station back in that time, and he said, you know what, the burden of this is too strong for me. And this is only over a course of one year. So he was, he was put in as king, coronated the whole ceremony. We've seen the works that happened. He was put in, and at the end of 1936, after just one year, 
He said, the burden of this is too much. I love Wallace Simpson too much. See, it's too much. And I know there are some questions, man. He's the, he's the king of England now. And also other different regions. I think there's, there's India in, involved in that as well. But his desire for Miss Wallace Simpson to be out with her publicly, to be, for her to be his wife, was too strong. And we know that, and, and for me, I'm thinking, like, you're the king. Like, you, can't you, like, isn't there ways that you can work around it? But his destiny in, in being king, his, his destiny to be king, it was beaten by his desire to be with Miss Wallace Simpson. So on one hand, we have the king with his destiny. Destined to be king. He was trained from a young age to be the king of England. He was next up. Something that was given to him, prepared for him, set out for him to be king of England. And he gave it up for Miss Wallace Simpson. He said that his desire and his want to be her husband and live in that place where the thing that we're called to, the destiny that we're called to, the purpose that we're called to, is trumped by our desire. See, a lot of us, and, and we, can, we can bring true reflection, a lot of us, God has given us kingdom, and we traded it up for desire, and, and unknowingly, we don't, we're, ours is not, our situations are not as public as King Edward, but we, we give up kingdom for our deepest desires. See, a lot of times, the things that we're dealing with, the things that we want, they conflict with our deepest desires. Our purpose often conflicts with our deepest desires. And, and the situation that we, we come to on a daily basis, we, we hardly ever want to engage them because we've negotiated in our heart that, you know what, this, this thing is small, this is, this is minuscule, this thing is Okay. Until we have to make that, 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 that great decision that King Edward made. And a lot of us won't make it. A lot of us won't make that decision. We'll be distracted to the time that God comes back. And we'll be in a situation where we're blaming this and we're blaming that. When in actuality, it's you have selected your desire over kingdom. Today, this sermon is for somebody that is trying to pick up momentum into this new year. I know that last year we were talking about what we wanted from God. God, I want to be close to you. God, I want more. God, I want this. God, I need you to do this. And then when those things don't come to fruition, we start doubting God. We start doubting our purpose. We start doubting so many things because we feel like, you know what, God, you didn't come through last year. You know what, let me, let me add it to this year's list. Us not changing, but expecting our situations to change. And I know there's somebody probably at, at, at home thinking, like, Kelton, like, like, what do you mean? Like why, like, why do I have to do so much of work? Why do I have to do uh, this and that? Right? Like, like didn't, the, didn't the Bible say not by works? And for that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to you this, because we have to get to a place where we can, we can be honest with ourselves. We go to jobs that we don't like. Every single day. We go to those jobs, we work those jobs, we work hard. We don't like those jobs, but we still get the job done anyways. So in reference to those scriptures, God doesn't want people to do that work, to do his work like that. You can't hate the job that you're doing, but love the accolades. He wants people who are going to not only consistently work on ourselves, we have to consistently unearth these things that are inside of us that are constantly hindering the work of God. So that leads me to the question. You know, if, if what we really want is to be closer to God, if what we really want is to, to go deeper in Christ, what's hindering us? And I want you to write this down because I think this is the first one. And, and what I want you to really do right now, if you, if you haven't gotten there, is, is I want us to meet at the well. 
And for those who don't know the story of the woman at the well, it's, it's when the, the, the woman of the well came to the well and she had a conversation with, 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 with God or Jesus. And he was kind of asking her, he's saying, you know what, what do you want? And this is where I want us to meet. Same as you, you're meeting Jesus. Where you are at your home, I want you to meet Jesus right there. And he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna come to you. And I know you've, you've even come here today and, you know, you came for a sermon to make you feel, feel happy and joyful. But you've been going one year after another and asking for God. We've been two years in the pandemic. And a lot of the resolutions that we had at the beginning of the pandemic, I'm going to read your word more. Man, I was challenged by Pastor's word last week. Because I was intended to read so much more of God's word. And I blamed having, having children, being in a marriage. But we have time that was given back to us. There's so much things that were given back to us and we made so much excuses. So it begs me to question, what do we really want? And I want you to write that down in your notes. What do I really want? It's the same situation that the woman at the well had. When Jesus asked her, like, like she's like, he's asking, what are you doing here? I'm just here to fetch some water. Yeah, no, I, I get that you're thirsty, but what do you really want? So that's the first thing that we're, we're going to engage in. For us to really unearth the things that we're dealing with, we have to understand what we really want. That's the challenge for you today. What do you really want? Your resolution at the end of the year looks the same as the one it did two years ago. So something's not going right. You say, God, I want to be closer to you. God, I want to be closer to you. And the question is, do you really want to get closer to God? Because when we get closer to God, the lives that we're living before we're away from God don't remain the same. I'm going to give you a personal story. You know, every single night, uh, obviously being a, a husband and a father of two, you, you, you really want to be able to provide for your family. And this is conversations I have with my wife. Um, and essentially how it was going is I would always ask God for provision. And, and my wife, you know, every single time that I complain and, and, and talk about stuff, she's always like, don't you have faith in my God? Like, don't you know God will provide? And I find myself consistently asking for, for provision. And we've, we've faced, my household has faced some, from, some challenges financially due to the fact kids, uh, mortgage, different things that have come up. But what I found is that I've constantly asked for provision. God, like, please provide. Please provide. Please provide. And true to his word, God consistently provides. I have a roof over my head, shoes on my feet, food on the table, mortgage is paid. But my issue with it, and this is something that I had to come to realize after constant conversations and constantly making jokes. Some people who know me, who, who we talk candidly all the time, I always make jokes about the finances, about the money. And it's something that, that, that as I prayed, God revealed to me that it wasn't provision that I was looking for. It was luxury. I wanted not only to be able to have money and, 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 and finances take care of it. Mind you, every single bill that I have is taken care of on time. Bottom line, God's provision has been done. He has provided for me as I requested. But I just don't have enough money to get the little things. Everything, every single, every other thing that I want. So the question and challenge to myself is what do I really want then? Because you pray for provision, God provides. What do you really want? Because it doesn't seem like it's the things that we're praying for. Maybe it's, it's to be more honest in our prayers. Because if you ask for something, the word of God said that God is faithful to give you that thing. 
And obviously there's, there's areas where it, it, it's according to his will. But the question is, what do you really want? We're going to go now to Philippines 3, verse 18 to 19. Philippines 3, verse 18 to 19. It's a challenge that we've got to take on within ourselves because if you're really going to get to where you need to get to in Christ, and not only in Christ, the kingdom, you want purpose, you want to go deeper, you want more, you want the church to grow, We've got to unearth these things that are inside of us, that are, are hindering us, that we're selecting over God. These things have become our Wallace Simpson. God is giving us kingdom, and we're consistently selecting our desires. For as I've often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Man, I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry we have to get into the word like how we're going to have to get into it today, but I, I cannot, and this has been sitting on my heart, that I cannot go into this year prepping and planning and saying that, God, we're going to get deeper and not attack the things that are hindering the process. So we're going to stay on this verse 19. It says their destiny is destruction. And their God is their stomach. Their God is their stomach. So for those who don't understand what this means, what this text is, is essentially saying is that the things that we want the most. You ever, go to, you ever, you ever just have a craving for something? Whether it be McDonald's, some oxtail, uh, whatever it is, some fried fish, Stamilita's fried fish. You ever have those, those wants? I want something so bad. Like I, I need to get it. Nine times out of ten, if we, we want something that, that, that our stomach is craving for, we are going to get it. We serve our stomachs. We serve our desires. See, this, the, word, the word in Philippines 19 is saying that their destiny is destruction because their God is their stomach. Your God is your desires. Not will, not even purpose, just your desires. See, that's the problem with, with what we're dealing with right now is because a lot of times people are saying that they want purpose, they want gifts, not realizing that even with purpose and gifts, those things are called not, to, not so that you can, you can elevate yourself. So that you can be seen. Those things are for serving. So any gifts, any purpose, anything that God is calling you to. A lot of us saying, man, I, God, I want, I want this from you. I want that from you. I want this. I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that these things are not for elevation. They're not to be seen. They're not so that you can feel good. They're for serving. For edifying the body. For building the church. For spreading the word of God. And a lot of us don't really want it for that. We don't, we, 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 we don't want to get closer to God so that we can serve his people. We don't want to get closer to God so that we can have a better relationship. Our, our hearts are set on earthly things. Because if I, if I, if I, can, get, if I can get a purpose then I can be important. And a lot of us are not, are not going to be honest with ourselves, but it's sitting at the back of our mind that deep down you just want to be more important than the person beside you. That you want to, be, you want to have purpose so that you can compare purposes with somebody else. Man, I'm in ministry. I'm, I'm this. My job is this. It's, so, it's one of the worst things I actually hate talking about when people start going to places and start comparing careers. Man, I make this amount of money. My house is this big. So the question is, when we go to God, what do we really want? And I'm saying this to say this. You, we, we need to unearth this before any, everything that you're asking God for in this new year is given to you. 
God, I want to I step into you. You need to step into God with truth. Because the lies that we constantly tell that, man, I just want to get deeper to God. I know there's a song by, by Kirk Franklin, Silver and Gold. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. That's a lie for most of you. You, you don't want Jesus more than silver and gold. You want Jesus as long as he gives you silver and gold. A lot of our, 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 our desires are financial, that, that God, I only want you because I know that you're going to give me or can help me with my finances. Most of our prayers are based on finances. If you want finances, get a job. Go rob an ATM. But God should not be our, 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 our main focus of, of financial streams of finances. What do you really want? I, miss, I wish some of us would have that honest conversation. It's like when, when some young men try to speak to girls. I wish some young girls would even have this conversation with, with a guy that they're talking to. And, and, and the guy just comes in, with, in conversation with them. And he tries to sweet talk them, give them all these nice words. But essentially, all he really wants is either somebody to talk to at night or to serve his sexual desires. So on, a, on, a, on an honest level, meeting Christ at the well, with the things that you're praying for, what do you really want? Do you want to get closer to God? Do you want to serve his people? Do you want to serve his church? Do you, do you want to get a closer relationship with him? Because with those things require sacrifice. You can't live how you're living. So that means in the terms of when they say you can't have your cake and eat it too. You cannot have both. The word of God says that you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't have two masters. Because you're either going to love one and hate the other. What do you really want? And that's where we're, 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 we're going to get to where the tug of war happens. Because you're saying that you want something, but there's something deep down that, is, that you're really holding on to. You're saying, God, I want to get close to you. So you have one foot here holding on to what, what you're holding on to, but trying to get to God. And you're saying, like, God, like, come a little bit closer. You're not reaching me where I am, God. I need you. I need you to get closer to me. And he's extending his hand, but you won't. Let go of your deepest desires. And that's why even sometimes the pressure of it, we, we, we see people around us that won't move forward. And you know that they have the giftings. You know that you're called. There's, things, there's something inside of you that is calling out to you. Whether it be as a prayer warrior. Whether it be even as a, as a voice in your community that speaks out for God. You may be the only person you know that knows Christ. And, and, and you're stuck between two walls. Because on, on, on one hand, you're trying to be cool and, and relatable. But on the other hand, you know that God is trying to get you to, to move into a place where he can use you to call others to him. So you're stuck in this place where you're trying to shift over here and then shift over here. But it's, it's collapsing on you. So you just become stuck. You become stuck because there's a lie that you're telling to yourself that all you want is to be closer to God. All you want is for miracles. Miracles? What are, what are you going to do with these miracles? Let's be honest. What are you going to do with these miracles? If God showed his power, are you going to boast to say that your church is, is better than that church? Or our church is more powerful? What do you want it for? Because deep down these secret desires that are hindering us from God are playing the, 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 the darkest points of why our churches won't advance forward. Because deep down you secretly don't want what you're asking for. You have a hidden agenda. And the, 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 the scary truth, and I'm going to reveal this to you, is that you can't hide from God. No matter how much you try to mask it as you know, this is good and, 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 and things like that. You'll never be able to hide it from God. We're going to go now into Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 13. Jeremiah 29, from verses 11 to 13. The only reason why we're, we're going here 
is because I know that there are people that have prayers. They've been praying for years. We've been in the pandemic for two years and you've been praying and you have not found any room. You haven't found space. You haven't gotten to where you know that God is calling to you. There's some of us, something is pulling on the inside of us, calling us to go deeper. But we're stuck in between our destiny and desire. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So the question right now is, what do you really want? Jeremiah 29 verse 13 said that, says, and this is, from, this is from God, that you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And the key word is when you seek me with everything inside of you. So that means that you, you, you can't try to be getting closer to God and, and still hold on, holding on to pornography. That doesn't work. Because that's not all your heart. Deep down, because you know that, that God is not with that stuff. Drug addiction. You cannot get closer when you're holding on to these little things. And some, sometimes people are like, no, no but these, like, I don't have anything like that, Kelton. I don't have anything deep like that. What about fear? What about comfort? Let's be honest. We will protect the things we love the most. Do you know what that means? We will protect the things we love the most. So that means if your comfort is, is more important to you, you're going to protect your comfort. So that means if, if God is pushing me in a, a certain direction and, and I'm out of a comfort zone, I'm going to protect the comfort. And that's the thing that gets in, in between our destiny and, and, and our desire, our desire to be more comfortable than we are to walk in our purpose. What do you really want? If you say, God, please, God, I want you to use me like you've never used me before. But you can't love your neighbor. Because, you, you know, you don't trust them. I don't like them. What do you really want? You don't, you don't want to be used. You want to be used where you want to be used. If God will send you into areas of, of people that, that he's called and he wants to call to. But we can't do it. It's the same thing when people come in, in the church that don't look like us. And you say, God, use me. God, please, you can use me. If, if you can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Singing that sound, song out loud. And then the people that, that God wants to use you with, they come in. And lo and behold, you're not able to do it because they don't look good enough. They don't look godly enough. I can't, God, I can't work with this this godly, mm, this is not the type that I want, do a next one. So what do you really want? Do you want to be used by God or do you want the power to select who you go to and provide the word of God? We're stuck between our actions and our intentions. We are stuck between our actions and our intentions. I really believe it. We, 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 we care, we will only protect the things that we care for the most. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a quick story. When I was a lot younger, 14 years old maybe, I was at a, ch I was at a camp at Church of God, and a lot of people may know the story who know me. And what they had planned is for the kids to go out into the woods. I had a little girl with me. Um, she, maybe, she maybe had taken a liking to me during the, the, the camping. I was probably, probably her favorite camp leader. So what happened is we went into the, to the forest, and... You know what, she's a little bit scared, so she's like, you know what, can I come with you? I was like, you know what, that's okay. When I was 14, I was, I was big and bad, you know, minus the big. I was really bad. But I, 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 was, I, was, I was so intent in, you know, making sure that she was okay because she asked me. She was scared. So I took this little girl on my back, and we're going through the woods, and, and, and little did I know that there were other people, some older guys that were in the, in the woods, and they were planning to scare the group. So we went in, and I was, I was going in, and I was, one of, I was ahead of the pack. I was bringing this little girl on my back, and I'm walking through the woods. And I seen something come through the woods, like just going by, and I was like, what is that? Instantly fear inside me. I'm like, no, that's not right. 
So I had this little girl on my back. Then I heard like a sound like, like a, a roar or something like that. I was out, outside of that woods before you could blink. And guess who wasn't with me? That little girl. Dropped her right in the woods. Took off outside. Because I was concerned about protecting what mattered to me the most. You know the thing, is, it's, it's a joke and, I, and I'm, I'm giving you comedy. But at the time, I was afraid of what was in the woods. And this was a little girl. Maybe I was 14 and, and things would probably be changed. But I was outside of that woods before you could blink. When it, when, it, when, it, when it all came to and we all, we all started to laugh about it because we knew that it was a prank that the, the, the camp had put on um, the people within the thing. But I'm sharing the story to tell you that we will protect what we care for the most. So what is deep inside that you really care about that is hindering you from your destiny, from your purpose, from what you're called to? What is your Wallace Simpson? Kingdom is there for you. What is that Wallace Simpson that you won't let go of? And today we're going to identify it. Today we're going to identify it. I want, you to, I want you to write this down, and you can write this in the chat. Tell this to your neighbor. I know a lot of husbands and wives and partners, maybe some siblings. And I want you to look at your sibling, your wife, your husband. That's what you're going to tell them. And I want you to write this in the chat as well. Watch your mouth. Tell this to your neighbor, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. I'm, I'm, I'm giving this attention, uh, this, this, this aggressive tone because it's really the gateway to our heart. And a lot of us don't see it. But I literally mean watch your mouth. We're going to go to Matthew 12, verse 34 to 37. We're going to read two verses before we expound on this. We're going to go to Matthew 12 from verse 34 to 37. Matthew 12 from verse 34 to 37. I, I, want, to, I want you to see that this is not from me. This is from God. And this is, how you're going to, this is how you're going to know what you need to unearth. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Hold there. Let's go, let's go back to that. I want, I want you to see that. This is not me, and I know this is the NIV. Those who, 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 who don't respect the NIV and want to just go back to KJV. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And obviously we know that the, the heart is, is just full of blood and veins and, and things like that. But the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Your mouth is going to speak what is inside of your heart. We're going to go to the next verse. A good man brings forth good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings forth evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Next verse. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted. And by your words you will be condemned. We're going we're to just hold here before we go to Mark 7 verse 20. A lot of you are talking some things and speaking in some ways that are showing proof that you don't really want what you've been asking God for. Some of you have these secret conversations and pillow conversations. It doesn't matter where you are. The, the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter what you do publicly. Man, a lot of us, I've been in church for years. I can, I can give you church space if you want it. But what is deep down inside that is hindering you from getting to your purpose, to your destiny, to what you're called to? I, I, I could care less about the surface stuff. It's the things that are deep down. We want our church to be powerful. We want God to move. Man, if one part of the body has cancer, the whole body is going to get infected. So that's why this word is coming at a time at the beginning of the year that we can start pushing forward. So, and I believe that even the fact that, that we're in this pandemic again, I think God is, is setting his church up to be prepared that when he, we open up the doors back again, everything is, is back to what we consider a new normal, that there will be a wave of new people coming in. We have to be prepared for it. But we also need to make sure that we are taking out those things that are our life that are hindering us from our destiny. Your mouth 
will show and prove what is in your heart. So that means those little secret conversations when you challenge your leader's leadership and say, oh, oh, oh they can, they're, they're not really good at this. Not knowing what those leaders, those pastors are going through. You're challenging those things. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't look pastorly to me. I don't, I don't like how he looks. I don't like his leadership style. Man, if I was, if I was leader, this is what I would have done. Would you? See, we, don't, we, we often don't even talk about those things in, in a way to really constructively criticize. That's not, that's not what we want. We, we would prefer us to have the power, truthfully, so that we, we could show what we're really about. Watch your mouth. It's those conversations when, we, when we're sitting casually and the room is quiet and it's like, did you hear about sister so-and-so? Did you, did you hear Man, those, those who know me know that's one, of the, that's one of the things I can't stand. Did you hear? Did you hear? Because I know at the other end of it, there's going to be something wicked that doesn't, that doesn't help build. And those who know me, those who know me, you know if I'm lying or not. I hardly know any gossip that goes on because once I hear it, I walk away from it. And it's a blessing that I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm disgusted by that because it's, it's, it's not an area that I'm hindered by. And I'm not saying I don't have any hindrance, but that's just not mine. But there's, there are a lot of us that, that love to gossip. So what do you really want? And why do you gossip? What are you looking for at the end of it? Are you, are you trying to bring light to something? Are you trying to bring truth to something? Where's the edification in your gossip? Watch your mouth. It's the jealousy that we have. It's the pride that we have. When somebody tries to talk to us about anything, we, we, we puff up our chest and, and our responses show the pride that is hindering us from purpose. We, man, I, I'm, I'm, even, I'm, I'm going to be frank that even a lot of ways that we, we depict the people that are around us, we start telling pe stories about other people's. Our perspectives start to paint the picture of what's in our heart. If you can tell a story and it's, it's, just, it's just some wickedness coming out of you and, and the, the picture that you paint in the person, it's not truth. It's just your perspective. You're just trying to put it out. Man, you, we need to look at those things. Your mouth will show and prove what's in your heart. And when you're able to examine the things that come out of your mouth from the, 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 the parts of your heart, even those little ones, Man, I'm, 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 I'm going to show one that was in the situation where I was dealing with when I asked God for provision. Man, these little, these little snark jokes what I would make about, man, I'm struggling. Struggling? Brother Kelty, you're not struggling. All of your bills are paid. Food's on the table. House is warm. AC was on. All bills are paid. But there's that little bit of something in that little snart remark or these little jokes that we're making that is saying that truthfully deep down you're, you're doubting God a little because he's not giving you exactly what you want. And those are the things that we need to uproot and get out of our lives. Watch your mouth. Truthfully, our desires magnify our true intentions so that any, anything you speak I'm not going to be able to cover everything, but watch your mouth. You're going to, I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to give you a test. I want you to remember this word today. As you go through the week, watch what you talk about, how you talk about it, who you talk to it, to it with. And it's going to show you what's deep down in your heart. What's, what's, what's there that's really hindering you from getting closer to God? What's, what's there that's really hindering you from seeing the power of God? What's really hindering us from seeing God move in our church? What's really hindering you from giving your life to God? It's your desires. Man, that means, that means for a young man or a woman who starts talking about dating, who's talking about drugs, who's talking about sex, you're saying these little things in these conversations to the people that you, you're closest with. And then you, you come and, 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 and God tries to use somebody to, to talk to you. 
And then you're like, man, yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, I really want to get close to God. But, but, I love my desire so much more. I love the clubs so much more. I love the drugs so much more. I love the sex so much more. So then have that honest conversation with God. He's not far off where he can't understand you. I have that honest conversation with God. God, I love sex more than I've been interested in you. Have that conversation. Because by earthing it is the only way you're going to get to. We have resolution, man. This year I'm going to get closer to God. Yeah, this year I'm, I'm going to give my life to God. But I love my desires more than I do the destiny. We're going to go to Mark 7, verse 20 to 23. Mark 7, verse 20 to 23. He went on. <clears throat> what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a man. Remember, these are not, this is not external. This is stuff that came from inside of you. Because there's somewhere deep down that you're not looking to go to. There's somewhere deep down you're not interested in trying to figure out. You're, in, you're okay with it staying there. But yet every single year, I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to get better. You're trying to get better while holding on to nasty habits, nasty sins, sinful lives. So let's call a spade a spade. That's not what you really want. You want both of them. See, you can even consider King Edward admirable because he, he actually gave up one. Where we're playing tug of war with one versus the other. We're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to, man, like, let me, uh, let me. Our desires magnify our true intentions. Our desires magnify our true intentions. I know that this is a struggle for many because it's, 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 those, it's those sermons that you don't really want. Like, why do you have to preach about that? And I understand that most sermons online are, are prophesying about how rich you're going to get and how you're, you're, you're the head and not the tail. But I want to be honest with you and tell you that you may not get a million dollars. You may not be a leader in every single area. And that's why, why I'm troubled so much, man. This, this generation, we just want, want, want. And God is calling us to serve. Serve our church. Men, serve your family. Serve your communities. But every single time we turn on, somebody's telling us about how much we're going to get. So then we put God into this place, man. And God is going to give me everything. And I'm not saying that God won't give you. But there... There's a reason why he's giving you what he's giving you. And there's a, there's a real thing that he's, he's trying to provide for you. And that's kingdom, and a lot of us don't want that. And I know that, that the hardest thing, like, like Kelton, Brother Kelton, I know that, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you now. I met you at the well. You know, the, the things that I was trying to hide, yes, yes, I, I understand that I need to remove them and, and things like that. But I, like what? Like How? I want you to say this. I want you to look at your neighbor, look at your wife, look at your husband, look at your children. If you have young adults or preteens that are, are, are probably struggling with things, I need you to look them dead in their eye and say, cut it off. Cut it off. I want you to write that in the chat. Cut it off. Cut it off. When you're, when you're on your socials, hashtag cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. The thing is this, that when you're struggling with your, your destiny and your purpose, what you're called to versus your desires, you're going to be in a tug of war. And you're not going to be able to fully go in one direction until you cut one off. And you've got to be able to decide what you want. 
And if you're not able to decide, just be okay with saying, you know what, God, I don't really want you yet. Because I'm, really, I'm not really looking for you. I actually want this desire that I've been holding on to, this, this, this need to be comfortable, this need to be okay with being scared, this need to be not going and walking in my calling. Like, I'm okay with that, God. I'm not going to blame you next year because it was actually me. You were calling me. You were, you were tugging on me to go into that air direction. But I didn't. But for those who want to, you need to cut it off. And for this one, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go straight scripture. I want, you, I want us to just read the word and see what the word of God says. Because the, the word of God is very, um, it, it, it's very firm on the approach to these things. And, and when we're reading this texture, I want you, without reservation or negotiation, hear what God is trying to say in the word of God. Because a lot of times when it comes to our sin and, and those things in our heart, we're ready to ne negotiate. Man, just a little bit, just a tiny bit. That's how sin works. We, ne we negotiate our sin. Man, just a little bit. A little bit won't hurt. Man, if I, if I do just a little bit, it won't hurt. But I want you, without reservation or negotiation, to cut off those things that are hindering you. And this is what the word of God says. We're going to go first into Matthew 18, verse 9. Matthew 18, verse 9. We're just going to read the word. I'm going to read every single scripture. Every single scripture down. I want you to write every single one of them down. If you're struggling today, whether giving your life to God or whether it is getting closer to God or even to go into your calling, I want you to hear what the word of God is saying. We're going to start with Matthew 18, verse 9. And this is, this is, a lot of stuff is going to be very, very firm and straight to the point. Matthew 18 verse 9 says this, And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. It didn't say pluck it out, pull it out. It said gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. It says gouge it out, not pull it out, not nicely. Rip it from your eye if it's causing you to stumble. Romans 13, verse 14. Romans 13, verses 14. Romans 13, verses 14. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Can we go to the next verse, verse 15 as well? How to gratify the desires of the flesh. No. So, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. We're going to hold that 14. You need to learn how to not gratify your flesh on a daily basis. You need to cut it off. Those things that are, 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 you're holding back from and, and I'm holding on to this and I need it to be this way. Remove that from your life. Colossians 3, verse 5. We're going to continue on. I want you to write all these texts down. Colossians 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5. And it says, put to death. Kill. Murder. Crucify. Kill those things. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lust, evil desires, greed, which is adultery. It says kill those things. Galatians 5 verse 24. I'm just trying to show you that the Bible is literally telling you, cut these things off. A lot of times we think that if we, 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 we hold on to a little bit or, or, or maybe little by little. No, you need to go cold turkey from these things. So that for some of you guys... That may mean if you're scared, you need to jump into the thing that you're scared to. If God is calling you to, to pray for somebody or be a prayer warrior, but you're afraid because it's outside of your comfort zone, you need to, after this sermon, call somebody who, who's God put on your heart and pray for them today. Galatians 5 verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. I know the KJV version says lusts. 
crucifixion is one of the most gruesome ways to die. And it was, it was reserved for the most heinous of criminals. The word of God is saying those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. That means that these things that are hindering you from your destiny and desires are guilty of the most heinous of crimes. And the people who belong to Christ have crucified them. That's why they've gotten so much further than a lot of, a lot of us are looking at people like, how did they get so far? Well, this thing is saying that they've given the capital punishment to their comfort, to their lusts, to their desires, to their anger, to their hate, to their jealousy. They've given these desires, these lusts, capital punishment, reserved for the most heinous of criminals. That's what you need to do to your desires. You need to decide today because those desires are hindering you from what God is calling you to. I'm going to start coming down, and I know this, this word may come at a time where it, it feels like, man, this is the beginning of the year. I need some motivation. This is a challenge. This is a motivation to make sure that you're on the right path. And don't think because I'm saying this that this is not for me. This word is for me. It was challenged for me first in my home. This is, these are conversations that me and my wife constantly have about just life and where we want to go and what God is calling us to. And it was revealed to me first before we could go to, before I, 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 it was revealed to bring this to a word. I know a lot of people are, are maybe feeling bad. Kelton, I'm not that evil. My, 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 my desires are not that evil. They're not, they're not on the level of, 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 of some of the, the verses that you're saying or things that are in the text. So the truth is that, yes, it may not be outwardly as evil, and maybe you may not be inwardly as evil, but you are distracted. And sometimes that's just enough for the devil to make sure that you don't make it in. Being so distracted with this little insignificant thing that I'm hiding, that I won't unearth, that I start to blame God that I didn't fulfill the destiny he called me to, or the purpose that he called me to, or the thing that I was called to, but I didn't want to because I was so afraid. Man, a lot of us are, 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 are like uh, um, Jonah running to Nineveh or running away. Because our desires are more important than our destiny. Last scripture I'm going to leave with you is Philippians 1 verse 6. Philippians 1 verse 6. We're going to read it together. And I'm, I'm reading this so that we understand. Not only is the things that you're, you're dealing with, you need to work on and make sure you do it. Like, and, and the thing is this, <clears throat> I'm going to be honest, the devil is not going to stop chasing after you. But just as much as, as he's not going to stop, Christ is not going to stop. The only difference is the devil tries to manipulate you to do what he wants you to do. Where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gives us a choice. Philippians 1 verse 6. six. <clears throat> Being confident of this thing. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm saying that to encourage you. I'm reading that to encourage you. That I understand that there are challenges in your life. I, I understand that there are things that you're dealing with on a daily basis. That are hindering you. And I understand that God is calling you. But have confidence in this that no matter what you're going through, God is going to keep on calling you and calling you and calling you and calling you and wanting you to come to him until he comes back for his people. So it's not like you're, you're lacking on an opportunity. I'm not saying that this is the only opportunity you're going to have, but I think if there's any opportunity, there's no time better than the present. To make sure that we can unearth these things that are hindering us from destiny. If you know you're called to something, drop that desire. Let it go. Because whatever God has for you is better than the things that you're holding on to. A lot of those things that we got, they're earthly. 
our shame, our comfort, our fear, our anger. You know, a lot of people don't even, when they're, they're angry, they don't even want resolution. They're, not, they're, in, they're in an argument. They don't even want resolution. They just want to be right. Why? God can't use us when we're like that. Because every single time that we're, we're in conversation, he tries to use us. We're just trying to get the one up on the other person. So our desire is to be right, to be more intelligent, to more, know more scripture, and not to serve his church, serve his community, and love his people. I hope that somebody today, when they were listening to the sermon, got the heart of the sermon. I'm not saying that you're, you're, you know, you're, you're bound for hell. I'm not saying that you're wicked. But I am saying that you have so much more in store for you that God is consistently calling to you on a daily basis. And today God is, through this word, showing you that you need to, to shed a light on that thing. So you need to decide what and truly you want. You need to decide, you know, you need to, to figure out what you really want, and that, and that shows what's there. And if you can't find it, watch your mouth so you can see it. But once it's found, you need to cut it off, completely cut it off. Get it out of your life, cold turkey. Don't negotiate with sin. Don't negotiate the devil. <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the Adam and Eve were, were, were a true example of, of what happens when you try to negotiate with this sin stuff. Jesus was a perfect example of how not to negotiate with it. This is non-negotiable, and you need to cut it off. You mind bowing your heads in prayer? We all want to pray with somebody today that, that is, is, is struggling with their resolution to get closer to God, struggling with a resolution to walk in their purpose, struggling with a resolution to, to serve truly because of the hindrance of these deepest, deepest desires. Could bow our heads in prayer. Oh, Father, in hearts in heaven, holy is your name. Lord God, as you've come to us today to provide a word on destiny versus desire, Lord God, we know that deep down there are some things that are inside of us that need to be challenged. They've been sitting on us for a long time. They've been holding us back for forever. And now today, Lord God, January 15, 2022, Lord God, you are calling us to unearth these things that have been holding us back. Your church needs a revival. It needs to be renewed. The things that have been holding us back for so many years need to be cut off. So, Lord God, whether it's a, a person who has not given their life to you, Lord God, I beg and ask you in some way, shape, or form, enter their life in the deepest desires that they have, Lord God. I'm begging to ask you to cut it off and let them enter destiny. Lord God, whether it be a married uh, couple who can't quite figure it out, whatever it is that they are challenged with, Lord God, their deepest desires that are hindering them, I'm begging to ask you today, Lord, cut it off. Whether it's that person who is struggling with drug addiction, sexual addiction, sins, on a daily basis that are, are outside the, the normal lies, Lord God. I beg and ask you to put them in a space to cut it off. Because you have destiny lying on the other side for your people. When we choose to seek you and seek you with all our heart. Lord God, I know there is somebody out there that is struggling. Even after they heard this word, it didn't resonate with them, Lord God. Today, Lord God, I'm asking and in requesting that you just plant that seed so that whatever it is that is really and truly holding them back from getting to destiny, you cut it off right now, Lord God. Now, God, even, even me who, who, who I'm constantly challenged, Lord God, if there's something that was inside of me that, that wasn't supposed to be there even on when speaking this word, Lord God, I begin to ask you to cut it off. Today, Lord God, we are asking you to cut it off so that we can fully and truly walk in our destiny. We love you and appreciate you. We know that you have provided for us and you are covering us. We're just asking you to change our heart so that we can really and truly 
walk into our destiny and purpose. We thank you, Lord God, for your love. And if there's anybody that has been affected by their word, and something about what has been spoken today has challenged them to give their life to you, I beg you as you let them come forward. We thank you for your love, Lord God. We thank you for your son, Christ Jesus. And we thank you for this word. If there's anything that may hinder us in the future, in the next week, God, we ask you to cut it off. If there's anything that I fail of asking, Lord God, I beg and ask you to fail unto grant as we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for uh, spending this time with us in this word, and I hope that something in this word blessed you. Um, there's teaching lesson after this class, so I hope that this word resonates with you and it shifts you into your next as you look to step into your destiny. Thank you for being with us today.